Good, Hare Krishna. So, I'll introduce myself. How do you all? How do you all? So, welcome, Hare Krishna, and happy Father's Day again. I'm going to begin with a dad joke. <laughs> Caroline is laughing already, and I haven't even said the joke. So, um, what did the Mayavadi ask for when he went to order at the pizza place? Make me one with everything. Get it? Make me, you know, you get a pizza one with everything. And if you want to be a Mayavadi, you want to be one with everything. Get it? Yes. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so um, just a little introduction before we get to our topic of uh, fathers and the Bhagavad Gita. And of course, the Bhagavad Gita was given to us by um, our spiritual father. And for anybody who's following this path of bhakti connected to this tradition, accepting and understanding and acknowledging Prabhupada is everybody's spiritual father, the founder of Charya, who has given us the teachings to help us get to know our original father. So I came across the Bhagavad Gita when I was about 21. I was born and raised in Ireland, as most of you know, uh, in a good Catholic tradition. Um, and I was just always a little bit, I was unhappy with unhappiness basically in the world and how the world seemed to be so unfair and it didn't seem reasonable that you know different people had to suffer different terrible conditions or to speak of you know ultimately all of us dying so when I came across the Gita it really spoke to me answered a lot of my questions confirmed a lot of my thinking and so I was immediately drawn to reading about Prabhupada and knowing more about him and then eventually even though I didn't plan it, I ended up living in the temple and then staying there, and I've been involved with temples for the past 40 years. Um, but I come back again and again to the Gita, because really, it has the foundation. It has everything. And if we are solid in our foundation, then everything we build on it uh, is getting us to the right destination. Okay, so um, we'll start with this verse in the Bhagavad Gita 14, chapter 14, text number four. If you want to pull it up on your phones, feel welcome to do that, but we'll be moving through other verses again. So this one is a rather famous verse. I'll sing it once first, one time, and then you can all practice your Sanskrit as well. Sarvayoni shukunteya murt. Okay, let's do it that way. Sarvayone shukunteya Murtaya sambhavantiya Tasam prama mahadyonir Ahambija pradapita When we were new in our movement, we used to call our fathers Pita. Our kids used to call them Pita. And then somebody told us, actually, that's Sanskrit for yellow. The proper pronunciation is Pita. 
Do you remember that in the early days? No? I remember that. So Sanskrit pronunciation is really important, actually, because you can be saying the wrong thing, thinking you're saying the right thing. It should be understood that all species of life, O son of Kunti, are made possible by birth in this material nature, and that I am the seed-giving father. So Krishna is saying this. He's telling very clearly to Arjuna, the son of Kunti, that all species of life are made possible by birth in this material world. Now, earlier in the Gita, Prabhupada tells us we're actually unborn. So, how do we reconcile all of that? Now, around this whole chapter 14 is considered one of the most important chapters, and Prabhupada says in one of the purports, if you can understand this chapter, you will become, you can reach perfection, which means in the bhakti tradition, understanding who you are, who Krishna is, and our relationship with him on the, on the deepest levels possible. So, um, the verse before and the verse after uh, this 14.4, the total material substance called Brahma is the source of birth, and it is that Brahman that I impregnate, making possible the births of all living beings, O son of Bharata. Material nature consists of three modes, goodness, passion, and ignorance. When the eternal living entity comes in contact with nature, O mighty-armed Arjuna, he, beco he becomes conditioned by these modes. So, basically what Krishna is saying is, he glances at the material energy called Brahman, and we are placed inside that material energy. So we inhabit these material bodies, these life forms. And he gives an amazing purport. And I've made the purport a little, um, I've divided it into six separate points, rather than reading one paragraph. And each point is so full that practically we could spend a separate class on all of that. Sorry. Okay. Now going back to the, I am the seed giving father. That's the nugget you want to take away. This is Krishna. He is the seed giving father. And in the Gita you'll find out that it doesn't mention Krishna as father a lot. It doesn't use the word father, it uses the word creator or the source like that. But here, in this verse, it is clearly explained that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, is the original father of all living entities. The living entities are combinations of the material nature and the spiritual nature. Very simple stuff in one level, but are we actually living into it? So if Krishna is the original fa father of all living entities, in, which means each one of us, right? And then within that, each one of us is a combination of matter and spirit. We've got something very good to hold on to in terms of how we 
relate to each other, how we work in the world, how we understand ourselves, being an external me and an internal me. Such living entities are seen, this is a continuation of Prabhupada's purport, such living entities are seen not only on this planet, but on every planet, even on the highest, where Brahma is situated. How many of you look out at the stars at night and figure they're, they're all full of living entities? A few of you do. Wow, wonderful. It's quite a hard thing to grasp, but there are living entities everywhere. And they don't look like what we see on alien movies. I think they look a little better than that. Everywhere, Prabhupada says, there are living entities. Within the earth, there are living entities, even within water and even within fire. We are surrounded by life, and the source of that life is Krishna, one person, Krishna, the supreme person. All these appearances are due to the mother material nature and Krishna's seed-giving process. The purport is that the material world is impregnated with living entities who come out in various forms at the time of creation according to their past misdeeds. No, past deeds. I put the miss in there. Irish, Catholic, you know. <laughs> Catholic uh, upbringing. So it's such a scientific process that Krishna is explaining here. It's very scientific. How we ended up in this world, in this predicament, in this particular body, in this particular place. The context of our life is sourced from Krishna, but we have a lot to say about it because we come out in various forms at the time of creation according to our past deeds. So I mentioned earlier that earlier in the Gita, Krishna tells us this. Right after Arjuna told him he wasn't going to fight, then Krishna said to him, he was being very fatherly, he smiled and he basically told Arjuna, you're a fool. The wise don't lament for the living nor the dead. But then he said this verse to Arjuna, never was there a time when I did not exist, nor you, nor all these kings, nor in the future shall any of us cease to be. Never, this is the definition of being eternal, we never not existed. We exist forever. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> it's a big thing. We live forever. And we have lived forever. Never, Krishna tells us. What is the implication of that in our life? So how are we created if we've lived forever? Right. The body. So. It's our body that's created. We're placed in this material energy. But we ourselves are not created. We, we are eternally connected to Krishna. 
you could say we, because eternal means there's no beginning but we we are connected to him so as long as krishna exists we exist but we're covered we're badly covered and we forget this so we are created because we had a desire to come away from krishna and we're placed in this material energy to enjoy or suffer um our desire is to enjoy our desire is not to suffer but we we are created in that way our body is created but we have a lot to say in in how our body um moves forward okay so here's another verse all created beings have their source in these two natures of all that is material and all that is spiritual in this world know for certain that i am both the origin and the dissolution so krishna tells us here that he's all over the place and throughout the bhagavad gita krishna says this again and again i am the source i am the origin for all that is material and all that is spiritual in this world it goes back to the root of krishna and yet everything that is created does not rest in me behold my mystic opulence although i am the maintainer of all living entities and though i am everywhere i am not part of this cosmic manifestation for myself is the very source of creation it's described and at one point lord brahma met krishna i think it was after when he stole he tried to trick krishna and he stole the cows and he said something like this i'm lord brahma and everybody i'm like consider the most intelligent i am the creator because krishna has lord brahma do all this creating in the material energy and lord brahma said to krishna i'm considered the most intelligent and i cannot understand you i cannot get my head around you so krishna remains inconceivable to all of us so it does demand some faith but prabhupada wanted our faith to be sharpened with intelligence he wanted us to get this information and he wanted us to think about it to meditate on it to digest it you can eat as much as you can possibly eat but if your digestion is not working right it's you're not going to be well and there's so much content in the world you can turn on your phone at any time and hear krishna katha right that's a great thing but if we're not thinking about it if we're not digesting it if we're not questioning it if we're not trying to get our head around it we won't deepen that realization and relationship with krishna neither the hosts of demigods nor the great sages know my origin or opulences for in every respect i am the source of the demigods and the sages so krishna clearly says here he is the source of the demigods and the sages which include ganesh and shiva and all of the gods that we love but krishna they are sourced from krishna and prabhu gives us the example you worship the root of the tree everything is satisfied lord shiva is considered the greatest devotee 
And we can love him and worship him, but we shouldn't think that he's on an equal level to Krishna because everything starts with Krishna and comes from him. This is a famous verse, 10, 8. I am the source of all spiritual and material worlds, Krishna says. Everything emanates from me. The wise who perfectly know this engage in my devotional service and worship me with all their hearts. Worships me with all their hearts. We can understand things in our head, and this is the process of assimilation or the process of digestion. But unless it moves from our heads into our heart, unless we begin to have some feeling towards Krishna, again, we won't be able to come to him fully with our heart, and we will remain not satisfied in our life, and ultimately not figuring out what the point of life is, what the purpose of life is. As one musician said one time, we've got to figure out this mystery before we're history, before we have to do it again in the next body. And so you have to approach Krishna, and Krishna's calling us in this idea of him being the source and the father with both a sense of awe and a sense that I cannot understand this, beyond a certain point, but also with a sense of love and gratitude. Because when we can acknowledge Krishna, and we can um, really feel his presence in our life. He comes in three ways, realized in three ways. He is all-pervading Brahman, so Krishna is everywhere and in everything. And he's also the Paramatma, you feel Krishna in your heart. A lot of the yogis meditate on Paramatma. Nature, people identify and want to become one with nature, one with Brahman. That's beautiful. That's the beginning phase of understanding Krishna as the original father. But the final thing Krishna says is, yes, I am really the original person, the spiritual person, the one that you are connected to and that you've forgotten. By worship of the Lord, who is the source of all beings and who is all-pervading, a man can attain perfection through performing his own work. This is the clue. So in the last verse, Krishna said, worship me. Wise people worship Krishna with all their hearts. And how do you worship him? Through performing our own work. What is ours to do? Chaitanya Charan has a lovely saying. He says, find your place, find your pace, access grace. Find your place, find your pace, access grace. We're all very different. And each of us are on a different level as we're approaching Krishna. Some are beginning, some are middle, some are near the end. But we have to Again, reflect, where am I and what is my next step? How can I work with Krishna? How can I find my place? Find my pace, that it's daily, 
daily connecting with Krishna, and how can I access that grace? And what is grace? We begin to understand. Krishna reveals himself to us, little by little, when we come back. Okay, now, Krishna is the seed-giving father. If we acknowledge that, if we say yes to that, how does it impact your life? What does that ask of us to accept Krishna as the original father? What does it require of us? So I want you right now to turn and get into groups of threes or fours, and I want you to answer that question. What does acknowledging Krishna as the seed-giving father ask of us? Okay, turn around, turn around. I'm going to put you to work a little bit. Come on. I know you don't know, but think about it. What is knowing Krishna as the seed-giving father? What does it mean to us in my life? What does it mean to us in our lives? Turn around, make small circles. Talk to each other. Bring everybody into the circle. Prabhuji, turn around, go behind you. Okay. The question is, oh sorry. It's a very simple question. What does knowing this do to us? How do we show up in the world knowing this information? How do we show up every day? What does it ask of us? What does Krishna, knowing Krishna is the father, ask of us? Okay. Okay. So if this is true, if this is true that Krishna is actually our father, and we're saying yes to that. Okay, I love to see you all talking. You're slow to get started, and you're, then you can't stop. You remind me of the teenagers I used to teach in Vrindavan. I couldn't get them to do anything, and then I couldn't get them to stop it when they started it. Um, good, good, I'm gonna call on you, but um, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, let's hear. What is, what is actually accepting and knowing um, that, that, yes, Krishna is the original father. He's the owner of everything. He owns me. He owns the world. He owns everything, 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 everything. What, is that, what does that do to us? And what are we supposed to do with that? Yes, who's, who, who had something from their group? Hi, everyone. Hare Krishna. So, um, to me, with Krishna being the seed-giving father, that translates that um, there's life in every one of us. There's life in the trees. There's life in the birds and the ants um, all around us, right? And so to devote ourselves to Krishna means to devote ourselves to the seed-giving life that he places upon each individual that we come across and each um, flower that we see in the bushes, right? And so what that means is that we treat it with reverence, we treat it with respect. Well, actually, just reverence, because respect is conditional, and reverence is not, because it's an understanding that there's a underlying source, and that underlying source is Krishna, which is the seed-giving father. Wow. 
Thank you. You're welcome. I think she completely got the purport of the, of the class. Yes, we have Paula Kepelu over here. So to further elaborate on that, not just flowers and trees, but also other living entities, which most people in our culture and society think is food, but there are brothers and sisters too, so we don't want to slit the throat of the cows or the chickens or step on ants or swat insects. I mean, if you take it to the extreme, that every living, every living entity is our brothers and sisters. And so why would we want to kill them or eat them or torture them or take advantage of them? But our culture makes people believe, oh, man has dominion over all that be, so we can kill the cats or the dogs or the cows or whatever. But that's not what Krishna's saying. Yeah, yeah, very beautiful. Thank you. So yeah, respect for all life and affection, right? Because it's, it's drawing from, yes, thank you. Yeah, wonderful. We, do, we, we don't actually have to clap after everyone, but it's, it's, it, it's nice. Um, yes, we'll go to the lady, and then we'll, we'll, we'll come back to the men's side. What did your group, anything you learned from your group? Hare Krishna, uh, happy fathers to all the fathers. Uh, so uh, I will say this is a very important thing, like it says, uh, he is the seed-giving father. So we have to have a faith, like in the second chapter, when Arjuna was confused in the first chapter, you know, so he was, he does not know. So the same like, we are like Arjuna, we don't know what to do. So he is our father, we have to have a faith in him so we can follow the directions. And then in uh, Mataji just mentioned about in the very, the essence of the Bhagavad Gita, chapter uh, 10.8, aham sarvasya prabhavo matta pravarti, you know, so that verse, because he is everything, so we have to have a faith, confidence, so we can, whatever he has given in the Bhagavad Gita, we follow that directions, guidelines, so we can make our life purposeful. Nice, wonderful. So what you're saying is, yeah, if we're going to say he's our father, then we're going to ask him for help maybe, or we're going to listen to some wisdom. Now, the little challenge with that is some of us may not have had great experiences with our father in this life, perhaps, I don't know or have an absent father or a difficult father. So sometimes that affects our ability to relate with Krishna as a father. We also need to keep in mind that Krishna, while he's the original seed-giving father, he's also this cute damodar who steals butter, and he's also handsome Krishna who dances in the rasa dance, right? So our philosophy is so deep and so wide that um, we want to be able to find where we can relate with Krishna the best. But this philosophical understanding that he is the source of everything um, can, if we accept it and say, therefore, he has something to teach me as to how I can get out of this predicament, how I can actually make my way back home, back to the spiritual world. If we look at how Krishna acted as a father in different ways in the Gita, because he did give Arjuna his opinion. He said, here's what I think you should do. But in the end, he said, but you decide. You decide what you want to do. And that's a real example of uh, fathers, especially with an adult child, right? When you have a little bit of a kid, you might not, you give them a limited choice. But he definitely answered Arjuna's question. He definitely gave him his opinion. And he said it clearly in some places, this is my opinion. But he did, in the end, he said, Arjuna, 
I leave it up to you to decide what to do, which is um, like a good example to follow, right? He's got something to say about that. No, I'm just going to give you a practical example. Uh, I almost married as a teenager. And I was just uh, about to go to medical school. And my father explained to me the situations, you know, that why should I marry? And why should I marry to this particular person? So he explained to me everything and he said, you know, it's up to you now. So my father acted the same way. And look at that, you know, I'm still happy. But we are curious, did you marry at 14, as a teenager, or did you wait? You did. Oh, wow, good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you also learned, you appreciated that your father gave you some good perspective, but then let, let you have that choice. Okay, he was almost 18, so wasn't, wasn't a young, wild teenager. Okay, um, yes, here, lovely. Um, Again, the question is, what is knowing that Krishna, not only knowing, but actually accepting that Krishna is the seed-giving father, what does that require of us? What does that ask of us as we, as we go about our life? Yeah. Hare Krishna, Mataji. Happy Father's Day to everyone. Um, I was thinking that if we accept Krishna as our supreme father, then we should be, try to become obedient sons and daughters of Krishna. And because... If you want to become your father's favorite, the father's favorite person, he follows his instructions, <laughs> follows uh, what he required for us to do. So we should try to, you know, follow his instruction. And in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna at the end says, "Sarv Dharma Paritajya Mamekam Sharnamra." So we sh we should uh, take shelter of Krishna. And when we get that shelter, we we get the protection. We feel protected all the time. And I was also thinking that it also gives us an equal vision. Um, we, we don't discriminate. Uh, the corruption in the world will disappear if we understand that he is our father and you know, he's the owner of everything. Um, and the, the, disc like the exploitation tendency of people. Yeah, of, of us. And then this question is to ask yourselves. So that's a really good point. Acknowledging Krishna as our father should help us really act better in the world and how we treat others and how we treat, you know, the opportunities that come our way to cheat or to be greedy or to be selfish or to be angry. Having this information can help us manage those better and manage our emotions better. And even when we're in terrible situations, knowing that Krishna is our father and ultimately in control can be really helpful. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Not yet, Keshua. It's a few more things. Okay, so we're, we're rounding out. Um, it's, it is important for you to bring, bring that question home. And here's what Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says, who is also a very important father in our line of teachers. Realizing this knowledge and meditating upon it thoughtfully, all great sages attained in this very world, correct perception of the supreme soul. This is really important because we could be happily having an incorrect perception of Krishna. Um, and and we're, 
the, here it is, meditate upon it thoughtfully. What Prabhupada, I believe, wanted more than anything else is that we become really well-educated in, in the Gita and in, in all of our books, but especially in the Gita, and become strong and thoughtful. He, he, he describes sometimes that, that the Brahmana, those who are wise people, they're thoughtful, they're broad-minded, they can see with a wider perspective, and they, can, and they have the correct perception of the Supreme Soul. And there's, my Mayavadi joke at the beginning was a dad joke, and usually dad jokes are pretty duh, right? So your response was really good for a dad joke. But the point is, most of the world, the perception is that God is not a person. They'll give lip service to God as a person, but they really most, a lot of, um, a lot of, of religious practices really can't figure out how God could be a person, partly because they've had so much trouble in this world themselves being a person, and it's far more peaceful to just merge. It's far more peaceful to avoid that. But Prabhupada really wanted us to understand that Krishna is the seed-giving father. He is a person, and we should be very careful to avoid, to, we acknowledge in bhakti, there is that, a chintya beta beta tattva. Krishna is simultaneously one and different. He's everywhere, but he's one. And the source of Krishna being everywhere, that all-pervading Brahman, is from a person. It's not the other way around. So I think on Father's Day, if we, if we um, really look at Prabhupada and really try to understand what is he asking of us, He's asking of us to become thoughtful, intelligent, wise, and authentic practitioners of this practice. Not just showing up uh, once a day or once a week or even just doing, doing our rounds or doing our chanting. He's asking us to actually, really grow spiritually, really become self-realized. And it takes work. It takes work. He's not offering it. It, it, it. If you want Krishna, you got to work at it a little bit. Um, but I think that's what we can offer Krishna, our, our original father, and Prabhupada, our spiritual father on this day. Just our intention to take the practice seriously. Our intention to spend some time every day with the teachings, with the holy name. Our intention to offer what we eat with a little more intention. I'm also a culprit of that. Um, so that we can actually become what we can fulfill Prabhupada's dream to be what he hoped we could be, real agents of change in the world, real agents of transformation. Jai, thank you very much.